Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Dr. Homebrew. We're back in the uh, virtual studio here, the virtual tasting lab, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and uh, we have a bunch of homebrews to get through. Um, but before we do that, of course, we want to thank Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn about every different single solitary way to make your homebrew better, which is cleaning it and sanitizing it. I sort of ruined it for you. That's the spoiler alert of this whole thing. Cleaning and sanitizing. Uh, in that order. You can't sanitize a dirty thing. You can't just go, oh, this carboy's kind of yucky and mungy. Uh, I'll just soak it in star sand and then it'll be fine. Yeah, you can't <laughs> sanitize the dirt and then clean the dirt off. <laughs> right, that's not how it works, man. Oh, come on. You, gotta be, you can't sanitize dirt. What are you talking about? <laughs> you try that, it, that crusty, That crusty stuff that's all like baked onto your bottles and the inside of your, your counterflow chiller and stuff. You can't, yeah. you can't sanitize that? No, apparently not. I don't know. That's what Cooper's wow. saying. What, 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 you know, what do I know? I'm just an idiot. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> go to Five Star Chemicals. They are not idiots. They know exactly what they're doing. We just talk about, we just talk about shit. <laughs> like we know what we're talking about. Uh, but anyway, uh, welcome everybody. It's exciting times here in Dr. Homebrew uh, because we need beers. We need things to drink. We're going to have a, a, a Pilsner, I believe, on this show with uh, Spencer here, who is our guest in the first half. The second half, we're going to have Gordon Strong on. And we're going to talk about BJCP guideline changes and revisions that have happened over the last uh, however many months. But 2015, I think, was the last guidelines release. Well, there's a new one out, uh, yeah, since December 2021. There so you go. So it's since now the December 2021. So we're going to be new deal. talking to Gordon about that. And then our next show, we have uh, two sour beers to get through, and that's it. So if you're dying to get on Dr. Homebrew, uh, email brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Anything that you have that is fermented, we will taste. Uh, fucking sauerkraut. I don't care. Doesn't bother me in the slightest. <laughs> are we'll we going to drink the juice of the sauerkraut and then judge that? Or are we going to eat the sauerkraut and judge the sauerkraut? Sure. <laughs> Whatever. I don't, we'll write guidelines <laughs> for it. Why not great. both? Yeah, exactly. At the same time. So uh, give us a holler, Brian, at thebringnetwork.com. Especially if you live in the Bay Area, you can drop beers off to us. Mm-hmm. We will give you Brian Shar's home address. <laughs> I, I live in, uh, uh, and I can maybe even come if you're like in the peninsula. I can probably even stop and pick them up from you yeah. like when I'm going to visit my daughter. We're easy uh, over you here. Know, we can we can do stuff. We can make things happen. Yeah, we can make things Not happen. Not like everybody. we're desperate. We just want beer. Yeah, and both at the same time. <laughs> we're, we're thirsty. That's all. Yeah. Yes. So uh, help us out. Send in some beers, Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com, and uh, we'll get you on the show. Spencer, welcome, my lad. Hey. What's going on, dude? I um, I want to say I, I I went to uh, get this beer out of the fridge and grabbed a glass, and uh, I just opened it right there. And that cap, the noise that that thing made when it popped off the the bottle, it was the Woo. the crispest, like uncapping. It was like everything you imagine every beer you've ever uncapped, even commercial ones, and then amplify it by like f- times four. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a gusher. And I spun it around to the sink <laughs> and then nothing happened. And then I look at the, there's no foam coming up. It's just still as night. And I'm like, wow, that is, that is a good carbonation uh, pressure. Uh, I feel like I, I, I walked away lucky that I had all of my eyes and limbs and it didn't explode. So good on it's, you. Yeah, man. There's got to be some kind of a party trick to this, or it's a new kind of cap that we don't know about yet. <laughs> yeah, something. There's uh, a little tiny speaker out. in it and a little we're, chip that plays, uh, it plays the uh, sound when it opened. Yeah. We're actually going to just spend this whole segment talking about that. Instead of the <laughs> it's more fun. Anyway, Spencer, what did you send us, man? I sent you a German Pilsner, at least what I, I 
like I'm not an expert on the BJCP guidelines, hence why I sent it to Dr. Homebrew. Yeah. Um, but I labeled it a German Pilsner because based on my palate, that's what it tastes like. And that was my goal when I, when I that was your goal. got the recipe. Okay. Awesome. Is this something you've brewed before? I mean, you look like you're 12 years old. How long have you actually been brewing? <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> Are you older than this beer? No. No. <laughs> no, I'm younger than the beer. Okay, good. <laughs> no, actually. That's a neat actually, trick. This, <laughs> this is actually my first all-grain brew, and it's actually my first time doing a Pilsner. Um, wow. The only beer I brewed before that was actually a extract amber ale. And then I was like, uh, I love Pilsner. I'm going to go for it. And I did that. So that's what I sent you guys. So you, wow. So this is your second batch. Yes. Your first batch Holy being a, a being a, an extract amber, and then you went, fuck it, I'm going to do all grain and Pilsner at the same time. Why not learn yep. two different, entirely different things, right? Why why, <laughs> why not? Why just learn one thing about all grain? But let's also learn about lagering. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, good, man. Look, I like the effort. <laughs> did, did, did you did you learn German to read some German instructions <laughs> yeah. for how to brew this? You know, that that's my next project. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're doing it right now. Yeah, I've got one some of his ear pods. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's a that's a bold undertaking, Spencer, and I hope you pulled it off for for my sake. Yeah, I don't really care about yeah, me too. about yours, but uh, I'm going to taste this. But Brian Shar, why don't you start us off here with this uh, ah, German pills? I sure will. So, uh, Spencer, thanks for sending this in. Uh, I have to ask my usual question: Are you in a homebrew club? Yes. Uh, I'm in the uh, Butler County Brewing Society. I just joined their group last week, actually. So. Oh, wonderful. Cool. Where Where is Butler County? Is that Pennsylvania? No, it's Hamilton, Ohio. Oh, nice. Sorry, yeah, I, you're, you're in Ohio. I probably made the cardinal mistake of confusing you with a Pennsylvanian, because I, I hope we don't have to fight now. This might be the first time <laughs> both of our guests are from Ohio. On oh, wow. So, right? But first, cool. can I do something real quick? I want to just do the opening do so it. I can taste the beer with you. Do it. Ready? Here, look. This is the fill. It's down, a ways down. This one's down by the shoulder of the, yeah. the bottle. It's in a nice uh, bar steiner, a German bottle, but here. See what I mean? Whoa. <laughs> That's good. That's real good. You did a good job. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Right, so. So okay, yeah, Ryan. that was in my my notes. I'll hold this up to the camera. It's maybe a little bit too the light balance is wrong, but uh, I made a note. Big hiss on opening. You know what? That's <laughs> it, it's we 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 drink a lot of homebrew on this show. We get people sending us good homebrew from all over the country, and it's rare that you get a homebrew bottle that when you open it, you have that authoritative sh- pop and the, the cap comes off. So I, I commend you for that. And uh, yeah, if that's like the seventh beer in a flight of nine beers, you, you know, it'll, it'll wake the judges right back up. They'll be just like, <laughs> oh man, I, I was sliding, but now I'm fully awake. And I, I totally agree with everything Jason said, you know, it's uh, getting a homebrew carbonation, right. Is one of the most difficult things to do when homebrewing, I think, whether whether it's in a keg or a bottle, you know, getting that that end product to have the right carbonation, I think, is just devilishly hard for a variety of reasons. And you it's your second beer and you've mastered that. So you, you have some sort of innate homebrew talent that uh, uh, needs to be acknowledged. So that's that's pretty awesome. You're a natural. Uh, <laughs> so I I'll preface this because uh, I didn't give this beer a bad score overall. Uh, but I'll kind of jump a little bit to the end first. I really thought it was well-made. I think it was maybe not quite a German pills. And that's ultimately, you'll hear my my score sheet as I go through. And you'll, so just, you know, I don't sh- shock you with, with the score. Uh, it's very clean in the aroma. Uh, Pilsner malt dominates. That Pils malt is very distinctive. Uh, and it's got that kind of sweet, uh, uh, rich aroma. Uh, I wasn't getting any uh, hop aroma, uh, even after it warmed. You know, I left. I poured myself two uh, uh, samples. I had one bottle that's been out for about two hours, two and a half hours, and one that has been uh, just out of the fridge. Uh, and it's not like it's hot in my house, but it's not super cold. It's probably like sixty-eight in here, sixty-six. Uh, and so it's it's not a hot beer at this point. But I'm usually if there's some hop aroma, it's going to come out from being out in the counter warm and I just, just didn't get any. Uh, 
that's an important aspect of this style. And it's one of the key differentiators between pills and, and Hellas. So I gave, there's no off aromas, nothing bad about this, you know, for your first lager beer and your first all grain beer. I mean, this is just spectacular. Uh, you know, I've had lagers from people that have been doing lagers for years that have off flavors. And there's nothing off that I could tell about this. Uh, so I gave this six out of 12 for, from a stylistic and not a technical standpoint. Uh, appearance three out of three. Sorry, sorry, Brian, go ahead. Do you get any any kind of oxidation at all? I'm just curious. Even in the warmer sample, I'm not getting it in the aroma. Okay. Not really getting any in the um, the flavor either okay. uh, after it's been sitting out warm. You know, as oxidation is typically either that cardboard or a honey, and I'm not not really getting either. Yeah. You know, okay. maybe, I'm just trying to dig at something I'm getting in the nose that I wasn't sure if it was oxidation. Yeah. So go no. go ahead. Sorry. I mean, it's entirely possible it's oxidation and you're getting it and I'm not. That that could happen. You know, that's it's uh, uh, everyone has different thresholds for that, uh, like uh, that kind of flavor uh, or that aroma. So appearance three out of three. It's it's extremely clear. Uh, you know, this is just a crystal clear uh, beer uh, head is. Uh, large and long lasting. Uh, it just right. It settles somewhat quickly, but it, it persists a long time. Uh, straw color. It's exactly the right uh, appearance. Uh, flavor. Initially, the flavor is Pilsner malt with uh, medium balance coming up to balance in mid palate. It's well attenuated, uh, not worthy. You know, it, it's uh, can be tough in a lager fermentation to get it to ferment all the way. As far as I'm concerned, it seems like it tastes like you got it to ferment out all the way. Uh, there's, as with the aroma, there's not really any hop flavor. So it's kind of the same, same comment there, the hop flavor, kind of a medium you know, to, to medium high hop flavor is one of the hallmarks of a German pills. And I, I just don't get that, uh, you know, finish is long and balanced a little bit toward bitterness, but overall it's a very balanced finish. Uh, no, I'm not getting any off flavors. I think it's very clean, uh, but I give it 10 out of 20 uh, for stylistic reasons. Uh, Mouthfeel, five out of five, body's medium, carbonations, uh, medium to medium high, uh, probably more toward medium high. Uh, no warming, no astringency, uh, not creamy, but it's you know got carbonation, so it's perky in the mouth, and it's uh, mouthfeel is fantastic, again, five out of five. Uh, overall impression, I gave it a five for a total of 29. Uh, I really like this beer. It's clean. There's uh, no off aromas or any or off flavors that I can detect. Uh, carbonation is high, as we've discussed, or, or medium high. It's getting that in a homebrew and getting it in a bottle and getting that to somebody is something to be commended strongly. Uh, this would easily be, to me, 40 plus points if the hop aroma and flavor were present. Uh, there's such a, such key elements of this style to be to be missing. Uh, and I understand I made a note here at the end, I wasn't getting cardboard or honey oxidation. But I was wondering, well, maybe there was hop in there that hop flavor or aroma that just kind of aged out. Uh, but I'm not getting any of the character that would indicate that this is an old beer. Um, I, I think that this might have scored a little higher as a uh, Hellas, because a Hellas and a Pilsner are, are really close to each other. They're both classic German styles. They're both uh, Pilsner malt beers that use German uh, or Eastern European hops. Uh, a Hellas tends to be a little maltier and a Pils tends to be a little hoppier. That's kind of to break it down to be you know, overly simplify. That's kind of how I tend to, uh, to look at that. And frankly, if this had been, if you entered this as a Hellas or sent this to us as a Hellas, it should probably be more like a 34 35 point beer. Uh, I'm still going to knock it because, you know, even a Hellas is supposed to have, you know, medium low to medium hop flavor and aroma, but it's like, it's down here, whereas a pills is supposed to be up here. So it's not as much of a miss from a style standpoint, uh, if it were a Hellas, but, uh, again, I, I'm really impressed that this is your second beer you've ever brewed. Uh, I'm impressed that it's, it's a lager and it's all grain and it tastes like this. I mean, I, 
man, if I, my second beer was nothing like this and I, <laughs> my, my second lager was nothing like this. Uh, and I, man, uh, well, well done. And th- thank you very much for sharing with us. Yeah. Very good. All right, Cooper, you're up, dude. All right. Uh, I've got the beer in my glass. It, yeah. And it was amazing how it just, it didn't, uh, like gosh, all over the place when it just popped like that. I'm looking at the bottom of the bottle and it appears this may be a, a uh, a bottle conditioned example. So there's a, kind of a fine layer of yeast just tightly packed on the bottom there i could be something that just settled out too but it looks like it might be conditioned which which is a good way to you know help keep oxygen uh you know scavenged in the bottle and and not you know uh just just uh you know bottling a beer from a keg you have to be really careful i mean you it'll it won't forgive as much oxygen as as uh a bottle conditioned beer would so I'll have to decide what I'm thinking about that uh, that uh, characteristic that I was trying to dig at there. Sometimes you're you're left scratching your head and you're sitting at a judging table and talking to your other judges will help sort out what you're what you're getting. But in this case, I guess we're not there. Like JP's not telling me anything. Brian didn't give me anything good. I'm just gonna go with what I've got here. So do it. Yeah. Wow. That was quite a pop pop hiss. Uh, the beer was a kind of a low fill. So from a judging perspective. Uh, it was like the first bottle was just above the shoulder of the beer. It also had like a Varsteiner logo on it. So if you were entering it in a competition, you know, we're not going to be picky about the logo on the bottle, but uh, a competition might disqualify you for that if you're entering it. So just get plain bottles if you're going to do one of those. Uh, the fill is probably about two, two and a quarter inches from the cap. You want to get it up, you know, more like three quarters of an inch at the most, you know, kind of territory. Um have have them be uniform too but uh that's a fine point it really what really matters is how the beer tastes and smells and everything so uh, in the in the aroma i'm getting a low uh multi aroma at first i was thinking somewhat on the the stale slash oxidized side uh there might be a little kind of papery thing going on but it it's coming across also as maybe a little bit of an earthy quality and it might be a hop thing but there's not that much hop in here so i'm a little confused about that where would that be uh, coming from? This little earthiness or, or uh, it's not really wet cardboard. It's really, really muted. And it's kind of backgroundy, but I don't know. Um, there's it's slightly fruity. Let's say there's kind of a muted herbal, hot, spicy hop. I didn't get any uh, DMS or diacetyl. So it's pretty clean. Um, there's not a lot of sulfury notes detected in here. Um I thought maybe it seemed a bit cidery, almost like a little sweetness to the nose. Um, I also gave it a, a six out of 12 there. Um, Appearance-wise, it, it's kind of a dull golden, slightly on the grayish side of golden, uh, or just a light light golden, very clear, uh, just brilliant clarity. Um, I like the appearance the color-wise and, uh, and clarity-wise. The head starts you know, pretty high, you pour it straight down the glass but it has these kind of crackly bubbles that it starts big and falls apart pretty quickly uh soon after you pour it so i, I dropped it a point for appearance down to a two from three um flavor wise it's multi-sweet that's kind of an odd there's an odd like kind of apple juicy juicy fruit gum like fruitiness behind that i don't know what that was coming from um, we'll want to talk about your fermentation temperature or see how you did your lagering and things like that. But it's a little, it's a little fruitier than I would expect in a, uh, a German Pilsner. So, uh, the malt is somewhat grainy also. That's nice, but it's not screaming like the classic German Pils malt to me. Um, very low hops with just minor bitterness. Um, hops kind of herbal in quality, uh, maybe a little spiciness in the background there too. And spiciness can come from multiple different things. It can come from, uh, you know, phenolics in there, but I don't think it was like a phenolic from a wild yeast or anything in there, but um, yeah, there's something just a little bit dulled about it. And I think maybe it's just that the hop is not there to balance. Um, try to, I'm trying to think, is there any honey-like quality to it? It's not really honey-like. I think I was trying to talk myself into that, but it's not really there. Um so the finish in it too is semi-sweet, I would say. It's got a little something that gives me the impression of sweetness in it. And I don't know where the finishing gravity landed, but it is like it should be a little drier for style. And um, it's definitely balanced to the malt. 
Um, you definitely want to bring up the uh, the hop in this to have it be a better example of a German pills. Um, and there's kind of just sweetness in the aftertaste, a little sweet malt in the aftertaste lingering there. And it also could also be there's lacking some minerals to play off the bitterness that is there properly. Um, yeah, I'm not sure of the, the fermentation quality. It's not coming across like a classic lager, but it's also not like a really flawed um, fermentation. It seems pretty cleanly fermented for the most part. So I'm kind of struggling with it. I gave it a nine out of 20 for, um, for flavor, just because of all those things that, that kind of made me scratch my head a little bit and, and weren't quite to style. And um, I thought maybe a little defective, but it's not, not glaring, but just maybe some minor, uh, minor issues there. Uh, mouthfeel wise, medium bodied, a bit heavy for the style, just a little fuller feeling, uh, medium high carbon dioxide, no obvious astringency or, uh, or cream, creamy qualities. It just kind of slides off the tongue. I thought maybe I got kind of almost an oily quality to it in a way. And I'm also trying to figure out what is um, in there that's killing your head like that. But um, it does have a different kind of mouthfeel to it. Um, I gave it a three out of five for mouthfeel. Uh, no real warmth in there either. It shouldn't have any of that. Yeah, overall, it's an interesting beer to drink. It really is refreshing and it's a good beer um it's enjoyable has some of the expected elements of german pill style uh just just falling a bit flat when it comes to certain elements um whatever that earthy quality that's in there we want to figure out what how to uh twist that around and, and you know maybe get a, a more of a a noble hop character in there instead to balance off of the uh the malt that is there and and bring up the you know, more characteristic German ingredients, uh, you know, the German pills malt, obviously a real quality malt with a good crush and mash it the right way and get it all, you know, keep everything happy. Um, you do want to reduce any oxygen contact after primary fermentation. If it is a little, a little bit of oxidation, which I thought I might've gotten in the nose, but it wasn't so much in the flavor. Um, I just checked the lager fermentation profile Avoid any fruity qualities. Uh, make sure you're using the right yeast strain for the style. And, um, you know, just uh, keep that yeast really happy and, uh, you know, start, you know, ferment it cold at longer temperatures, 50 degrees-ish, and, uh, you know, bring it up for a diacetyl rest. You got rid of the diacetyls, which was really nice. Um, so, you know, it could be that it was a little bit warmer fermented beer, I'm guessing, but I'm, I, I'm grasping at straws there, <laughs> figure out where that little fruitiness is coming from. Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste like hot or super uh, bitingly alcoholic, which could also happen if you let your yeast go crazy at a super high temperature. But um, anyway, yeah, um, just just be careful to pitch adequate yeast, keep any unwanted strains of um, yeast out of there. But uh, And yeah, fixing the head retention. If there's any source of anything that's going to give you any kind of oiliness in there, um something that's going to kill the head i don't know um but also just make sure that you're um yeah it kind of crackles and it falls apart after you pour it yeah they're big they're big foamy bubbles yeah so it seems like it's just like there's a lot of uh probably small chain proteins in there like this maybe you're doing something that's breaking down the proteins in your malt a little too much uh for what you need if you're doing like a extensive protein rest or something before you know before your uh uh, sacrifice sacrification rest i don't know um it sounds like you're a pretty new brewer so you're probably not doing anything really fancy like that i'm just um trying to figure out what to what to say to help you out here but i think it would be fun to um to talk about your recipe i i gave it a four out of ten for overall impression just because it was kind of off style and it's interesting and good but it's just misses the mark on style and has some minor issues uh, so I landed at a, a 24 out of 50, although I'd like to be kind of where Brian is. I honestly like the beer. And I think in the competition, if I was discussing it with him, I might give it the benefit of the doubt and come up a couple of points because it was enjoyable. just not quite the style. There's a number of things you need to do to get it there and we could help you get it there. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, um, I agree with, about your, I recipe. agree with a lot of what you guys are saying just real fast, but you know, like you were saying, Cooper, I didn't say anything when Char was talking, but I do get sort of a honey. There is a thing it, but it's more like almost like agave where it's a sweetness and there's a little more roundness to the sweetness, almost like yeah. maybe boil was too long or something like that. I don't know. 
Um, I think you guys are right. It definitely needs way more hops. It's not bitter at all. And I think Shara was right. It it was it's like a, a Hellas. It would have done better as a Hellas. There is like a green apple fruity thing to it as well. So I'd be interested to talk about that. Yeah. So that's that's what I wanted to say. There, the, you know, it's it's you're you're almost there, um, Spencer. But uh, yeah, there's there's a couple things. Anyway, tell us about a bit about the beer. You want to give us your recipe first, and we can go that way. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> so I have in here, um, I did 9.5 pounds of German Pilsner malt, four ounces of melanoid malt, and then uh, two ounces of Hirschbrucker hops at 60 minutes. I used a Munich lager yeast 2308 um, and fermented at 55 degrees for five days. And then uh, lagered it, went uh i decreased the temperature by about like two degrees per day until i got around 35 degrees and uh, let that stay there for about six weeks um so when you fermented at 55 degrees for five days did you control the upper end of that fermentation or so yeah. you, okay so that's and then you you lagered it after it was at 55 for just five days uh, according to my notes, I remembered it's okay. sitting in there for longer, but that's what I wrote in my notes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that is the high end for lagering, right? Isn't it like 45 to 55? You want it right. sort of in the lower area of that. Yeah, some brewers will start even in the upper 40s and, and let it rise up to 50. But uh, yeah, 55 is on a little bit on the high end. But um, also, too, I think five days is is pretty quick. And if you pitched a massive starter, that's you know, uh, that rocks through all that, the, the gravity that was there. So super quickly, you might be fine, but I think maybe once maybe you started reducing the temperature a little too quickly and left a little residual sweetness in the beer that would have otherwise fermented out, but it did. Yeah. I don't know if you took a gravity reading at that point when you started chilling it. No, no, I didn't do a diastole rest in between there. So I didn't, I didn't take as good notes as I, <laughs> as I should have, <laughs> but wow. I did do a diastole rest. Um, in before uh taking it down for lager. Okay. Yeah. And okay. and and before we get too far away from this, uh you know Spencer you were talking about using just a few ounces of melanoidin malt. Um and I wonder if that's maybe where you guys were picking up kind of a honey type flavor. Uh cuz a little mm. melanoidin malt goes a long way. Mm. Uh and maybe that's what we were kind of getting in the background or you were getting in the background that maybe it was a slight honey but wasn't quite an oxidation. Just, just a thought. I think, I think that could very well be it. Yeah. It's just a little background note. That's it. Uh, mm-hmm. Something different than you expect in the Pilsner. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about the hops? So this is a five gallon recipe, Spencer. So, yes. Okay. Yep. Five gallons. Two ounces. I, it's uh, two broker. ounces of first broker. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not enough. What was the alpha acid on those? Do you remember? Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't um, have that written down. Okay. That's a fairly low, low alpha. Yeah. So that's yeah, probably those tend to be low alpha hops. Yeah. So that has a lot to do with with there's not really a whole lot of hop character in here at all. So I, you want a little bit more aggressive hops, I think, from than that, or at least get it what get it up to the IBU is there, range that you want. Is there a different? hop that you would suggest or citra mount no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i think it's gonna be german citra yeah that's like, right uh, yeah citra um uh, i mean i it, it, nonger or uh there you go Hollertau, uh some sauce or something for fun you know yeah but you want to you more importantly you want to hit the ibu range so you know you look at the ibus of the of the hops that you're putting in because they they fluctuate you know it's a agricultural product it changes from from year to year and then you put it on in some sort of online calculator, like a beer smith or something like that, and you'll get your target range for a German Pilsner, which I, I don't know what twenties something like that. I have no idea. And then um, you want to make sure that you're adding enough hops in there to hit that IBU range, because if you put two ounces of hops in, but the alpha is really low, that's not you know you're still not going to have enough IBUs in those hops yeah. to get it can where go you up want. To forty, yeah, twenty twenty two to forty IBUs is where you, you want to kind of land. Yeah. I would, I mean, I, personally, I would go upper thirties, but I, you know, I sort of like a, an aggressive <laughs> German Pilsner. What were, what was the finishing gravity on the beer? Did it, did it, uh, 
Um, so the original gravity was 1043 and the final gravity was 1010. Oh, okay. No, it's pretty light. Yeah. 1043. That's yeah. That's on the low end for, for alcohol. It's a nice light drinker, but it's, it's flavorful for the, the low alcohol for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I mean, for your second beer ever, there's no real <laughs> off flavors. I mean, there's some fermentation issue. I think like the green apple thing or a little bit, but that's so there's commercial beers that have more green apple than this. It's way better than you know my what first I mean? lager. I'll say that. Yeah. Oh, hell Same yeah. Same here. My first six beers, I could, you, they were undrinkable. I didn't do a lager until, yeah, like six months in or something. Probably, and kudos so. to you for actually doing a real lager. Can I just say, I'm glad that we've sort of gotten over this fast lager nonsense that we were going on for like four seconds. <laughs> you did a proper lager. You did, you, you, you're, you're trying to do it right. Yeah, I enjoy that's commendable. Loggers are becoming a lot more popular and people are recognizing, uh, you know, some of these styles and, uh, you know, some more obscure styles and the, the Czech beers are coming up and, uh, yeah. you know, the, the slow pour pilsners and stuff like that kind of fun things coming up. Yeah. Um, Spencer, do yeah. you have any other questions for these guys? Um, I guess just recipe questions. I mean, like okay. the main reason I wanted to, put my second submit my second beer on to dr homebrew was because like the first beer i did didn't have any off flavors that i noticed and then this one seemed to turn out so i was like i just must not be good at tasting like i was like obviously <laughs> this is my second beer there's got to be something you know i'm doing wrong mm-hmm. or i wanted to know how, what i could do better and obviously like recipe and that's i'm i was expecting to get like a 14 on my second beer so. <laughs> Submitting. Oh, damn, dude! No, no. So Elevate I'm yourself. Thrilled. Yeah. Um, the beer has to be almost undrinkable to get a score like that. Yeah. I mean, it it's, it's be- got it's got to taste like rosemary and dirt. Yeah. You know that, and not like yeah. beer at all to get a fourteen. Thirteen this is, is far far above a fourteen. Yeah, thirteen is like the baseline. We're like, uh, I'm not going to touch this. <laughs> You're going right. to you know get a yeah. nice soft thirteen. Um, I, I mean, I think you. It sounds like you have a good palate. If you if you don't have you know if you're not finding anything wrong in this and you're sending it on. Um, I would be above the recipes. I would recommend hooking up with your local BJCP folks, hook it up with your, um, homebrew club. I forget if you're in a homebrew club or not. He was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep, keep doing that. Keep bringing your beer in, um, buy, uh, uh, brewing classic styles and get some tried and true recipe formulations. Because I think there's a lot you can do that can be overwhelming. See, there you go. Uh, there's a lot that can be overwhelming on your second batch when you're when you're just learning all grain. Also, how to brew by John Palmer. Then, if you're still because you want to, as a home brewer, you want to just do everything at once. You want to learn like eight things, and you can you want to put them in at the same time. But you sort of have to like learn a little bit of finesse. So either either it's with your equipment, uh, you know. So just use someone else's recipes for now, and just work on your process and then your fermentation. Yeah, I think. I think I got this recipe on Beersmith or something. Okay. One of those. One of those online. So were we saying yeah. it, it was too much melanoidin, Char? Is that what you're sort of saying? I'm, I'm yeah. guessing. I, I just, in my view, melanoidin malt, you're not going to decoct a Pilsner. I mean, maybe if you're so super German that you're wearing later hosen while you're doing it, maybe you would. But I mean, you're typically not going to decoct a lighter German beer. Uh, lower alcohol, you might decoct, you're, gonna, you're looking at box, doppel box, like the darker styles, possibly like the lighter styles uh, mm-hmm. that are higher alcohol. But I, I feel like my, and you know, this is just a guess, my, I'm, I'm guessing that in a Pilsner, which is light in flavor, light in body, uh, light in hopping here, even a few ounces of melanoidin malt, that's really strong flavored malt, uh, and that's going to give you, I think, maybe this background, almost honey type flavor that those guys were definitely getting. And I was kind of getting a little hint of there's something in the background I'm not sure I like, but I couldn't really articulate what that was. Uh, I think nothing good is going to come from melanoidin malt in a Pilsner. That's that's just my opinion. I, I don't see anything good coming from that. Yeah. And that's why, you know, Beersmith is, is fine. You know, it's, it's yeah. a t- totally good program. Getting yes. recipes online is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Uh, the virtue of these guys, you, you held up brewing classic styles, is that they're, you know, they're proven 
competition winning recipes by a really uh, really skilled home brewer and professional brewer. Yeah, anal uh, people. It, yes, yeah, and it, yeah. it gives you kind of a uh, kind of a starting point to maybe gauge other recipes based on. It doesn't mean you should only brew what's in brewing classic styles, but especially starting out, it gives you some kind of base for where to go from that. And it's the kind of base that none of us had when we were starting, <laughs> you know, we were, we, we would kind of have to rely on, well, what does the local homebrew store say? Um, you know, what, what is, what is some guys hanging around here who are also buying grain? What do they say? Uh, <laughs> you, you don't know them or if they're any good or anything. Doesn't mean yeah. that they're not trying to be helpful, but I mean, you get my point. Uh, at least it gives you a starting point and you, you clearly have a real talent for, for homebrewing. Uh, you know, and I urge you just to keep, keep it up, brew a bunch of different styles that you like, brew some that you don't, uh, you know, learn, learn things, you know, listen to old episodes of Dr. Homebrew and yeah. brew strong and all that, uh, you know, and just keep it up. Cause your, your, your technical skills are already, you know, way far above where I was, you know, years deep into this hobby. Yeah. Well, he a ton, of, ton of things, right. Yeah. Just use, just use straight Pilsner malt on this. Lower yeah. the fermentation temp a little bit and, you know, uh, bring up the hops. And I think you got a winner. Uh, send it back to us. We'd love to retaste this. Yeah, once you absolutely. Get a few more yeah, batches cool. under your sure. belt. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. All right. Is that it, Spencer? Yeah. Uh, the only other question I had is uh, you mentioned, uh, I think uh, Char maybe mentioned about the minerals or not having enough minerals, maybe. I think that was like me. I haven't yeah. started playing with that water me. chemistry. Mm. If you have pretty clean uh, water, I just did like yeah. spring. I just got spring water from the store. As that okay. was like a suggestion yeah. that I had. Gotten. That's that's perfectly fine for where you're at. I would not screw around with water chemistry right now. Yeah, it it could either be that the the bittering hop was too low, or there wasn't enough mineral there to play off of it. So I would start with just bringing up the bittering hop, and then go from there. If it if it's still not right, you can adjust the water. But yeah. water is usually yeah. the last thing you want to get crazy with. If you're using a good clean yeah. water like you are, you're and, fine. And you don't even have to. Yeah. I still don't even do it. Yeah. It's too much for me. I can't. I can. I can barely get along with my you know robotic system. I don't need to. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, yeah, cool. definitely rebrew it, Spencer. And send it Please. to us. We'll do. Yeah. All right, brother. Absolutely. We'll let you go. Nice. Keep on playing guitar too. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop doing that. Thanks. Uh, All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for sharing. Later, man. Absolutely. Yep. Later. All right, All right guys. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna speak with the the uh, svelte, lusciously uh, beautiful Gordon Strong from the BJCP uh, program. We'll be right back here on Doctor Homebrew. Hang on. All right, thanks for hanging on, everybody. We are joined by our friend Gordon Strong from the BJCP, here to talk a little bit about the changes in the style guidelines for this year. Gordon, welcome to the show, man. Hey, JP, thanks. It's good to see you, too, by the way. It's been too long. Um, you've been on this show before, I believe, right? Years and years, too many years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you, you, uh, you guys did one at HomebrewCon one year, right? You didn't so. have my uh, theme music, though. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. My email's <laughs> down. I didn't get it. I mean, I can, I can find you something. Uh, you know, if you really want to, um, if you really want me to find something, I can find something for you. Uh, Gordon Strong, everybody. <laughs> that that was really professional. Thanks, man. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I have fun. He's by a top-notch podcaster. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, what's your what's your title at the BGCP, please? I'm the president emeritus um, and uh, I'm the chair of the style guidelines committee. Okay. So I, uh, I led the revision uh, like I have for the last uh, four of them. Wow. It's a thankless yeah. job at some, how, on some parts. Yeah. Literally. It's, a, it's a huge job too. Yeah. Guidelines are pretty big and it's a lot of work to, to do anything with those guidelines. How many, curious, yeah. how many how death threats it, do you uh, get after you know. a revision? It's like eighty thousand words or something. It's oh my god! 80, 80 Damn. Pages. It's yeah, yeah. That's wild. wild. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. So the new guidelines came out last month, right in December. Yeah, we uh, we published them then. 
Okay, um, and then uh, it had been since 2015 was the last uh, right update. Yeah, is that a long time in between, or do you, do you have a certain timeline where like, look, five years is the most that we want to go without sort of yeah, tweaking it out? It's not necessarily the most. It's uh, it's about average. Uh, okay. So I mean, the the last ones I've worked on was. 2004 2008 2015 2021 so um you know uh it's been as much as seven years and as few as four years yeah but five years feels about right when do you start working on the changes uh well i start collecting ideas almost immediately you know as soon as it's published there's there's a pile of to do's um (laughs) sure but um this one sort of began about three years ago okay Um, started started doing the major plan usually it's it's, it starts with some strategizing about um uh, what what are some of the goals and are there any like major problems we're trying to 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 fix Mm -hmm. um and Every other guideline update is a major update where we might add a lot of styles or move things around. And, and the in-between one is, uh, you know, it's like a, you know, 0.5 software release. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's meant for, uh, you know, like they say in the app store, bug fixes and performance improvements. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I was noticing thing. that because 2015 was such a big change as far as rearranging some of the styles and renaming some of the styles, consolidating some styles. And this one, yeah, I, I read your, your notes from uh, uh, like December uh, from this Gordon and uh, it's interesting. Uh, and they're, they're good and necessary changes, but it, as you were saying, it, it's not nearly as big of a revision as 2015 was. Yeah. You have to go all the way back to 2004 and, and, you know, if you were, um, judging at the uh, turn of the century you know it's uh we were we were using you know whatever it was 98 or 99 guidelines then and um mm. uh, the 2004 was a big lift from that yeah. so 2015 was on the same par as that but most people yeah. just know them more recently but a lot of the a lot of the changes in there are the things that people um you know we listen to the questions people are asking um, when we're at competitions, hearing how people are using it, are people confused? Do we see beers misentered somehow? Um, are people asking us where do I where do I put this style? Hmm. So those are the kind of things that lead to the the, the analysis of uh, how do we respond from there. I do like that a lot of the numbers stayed the same this time, and then past minor <laughs> updates. You know, some of them, it seems like more of them probably changed. Uh, numbers meaning are the, are the the substyle the the letters you know if you oh yeah yeah well that was added a beer yeah it was kind of that was intentional a, even when we when we made some changes we sort of tacked them on at the end of a category because we know that that affects people who are entering competitions so hmm. something that people have to keep in mind is there are, you know it's like the the blind men describing the elephant like people are. Hmm people there there are there are a lot of different kinds of users of the guidelines so the people in our competitions you know want them to change a lot and they want new styles and the you know people taking the test want it to be left alone <laughs> so the last yes you know yeah. that's you me know what i'm talking about yeah that's you me know? even when i'm drinking like i want i don't yeah. want this to change why do we need this yeah. style you know, by the time you finally get a seat for the exam, you show up and then find out, oh, yeah, yeah, we changed things. You know, <laughs> did you get the memo? So, you know, those people are like, no, 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 don't change it at all. Yeah. So, you know, there's, you know, there's that that sort of natural tension. Plus, a lot of people tend to think, you know, the 2015 ones changed a lot because we tried to internationalize them more so that people in different countries could use them you know, a lot of the styles we're talking about are from other countries Mm -hmm. and, you know, we tended to describe them in earlier editions, like they were all U S imports. So, you know, some comments, people, people didn't really articulate the problem. Like, you know, the Brits would say, Oh, you know, there's some problems with the, the UK styles. What it meant was we were describing sort of oxidized beers. It's like, why are you, why are you describing them as caramely when they're fruity? 
well, because that's what they taste like when they get here. Yeah. So um, we tried to describe them, you know, more like fresh styles and, and, and be usable in different places in the world. Okay. When you have a style and you're looking for, for classic examples of that style to list, how do you do that? Do you now I'm just asking questions I've always wanted to know. Like do do you go like like oh I got a friend in Latvia who can get me um you know a dark lager and can I you know can I <clears throat> to 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 be considered a classic example of the style is an honor I would imagine for most people. Um how do you how do you figure that out? Um a good two thirds to three quarters of the examples in this were put together by Chris England, and and that's something that he works on a lot. I mm-hmm. mean, um, I did, you know, the rest of them, you know, maybe a third of them, and so I can tell you what I do. I don't know what he does, um, but you know, we travel, so when we when we try a good example, we make note of it, especially mm-hmm. if it's close to where the style originated or is known for. Okay. Um, other than that, like if we're at uh, big commercial competitions, if we're at the GABF and we go around and try things, um, that's how we try, you know, it's not what necessarily winds up in our store. Um, you know, we do look at um, if we're, if, if we're stretching to come up with examples, we might look at things that have won uh, medals in big competitions repeatedly. Um, you know, that, that, can sort of substitute a little bit mm. for um, um, you know ones that we haven't personally tried, but we we yeah. try to we taste these things during travels and, and judging and uh, things like that. Makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. That's cool. But because you know they could win medals, but you know they might not be described by the brewery as that style. So. Uh, um, right. No, that's a, that's and, a clash. If you though. have to rely on some crowdsourced thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you have no, you know, you have no idea how accurate that is. <laughs> no, I was just hoping you were going to get free beer from everybody. Every brewery is um, going to be like, dude, yeah, this I is my Scott that. jail has to be in. You got to. <laughs> I hope that too. You don't want to have this rely on untapped.cz uh, for like uh <laughs> check dark logger or something. No, no. In yeah. in in some of those cases, we we deal with local homebrewers who can do the same kind of things that yeah. that we do and and try these kind of examples. If if they don't exist in in larger, you know, we 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 do try to f- uh, come up with examples that are packaged and distributed. Um, you know, it's all well and good that you know the you know my local brew pub you know, that doesn't package has a good example of the style, but that, you know, then nobody can try it. So why bother? Yeah, right. You know, so we have to, you know, we'll only list something like that if we really, really can't find others. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or if it's so iconic, like with the, I, I, I built me to focus on the Czech styles, but I, I really want to go to Prague someday. It's it's on my, my list of places. I, it's on my short list. Uh, but even I've heard of the, the Ufleku uh, uh, brew mm. pub. And I know that's like the classic example of like all these Czech styles. And most of us will never get a chance to go to Ufleku, but it's so iconic. Uh, I mean, the place is what, a thousand years old or something? Uh, 500 years old. It's a really yeah. old brewery. So, Five or 600 yeah. years, I think. Yeah. So those, those things I get where, yeah, maybe it's a brew pub most people can't go to, but if it's that iconic of a representation of the style, yeah, of course it. it has to be the commercial example. Yeah. Right. But we, so we, I mean, in, in those kind of cases, like in Czech styles, I had a number of people that helped in 2015 um, that were, you know, there. And, and yeah. some people are, you know, pretty well renowned, like Evan Rail. Um, you know, people that, you know, are just making stuff up. I mean, you have to be able to trust <laughs> the palette and what they know about. Um, you know, and if, they have to understand how we've described the style. So, the, you know, they might go grab something that they really like, Yeah. but if it winds up being sort of out of style as how we've written them, it, it probably will be uh, doing more harm than good. Cause it'll just confuse people yeah. that do try it. Yeah. Exactly. 
Well, I what liked that those were brought in the last time, and I like that we we finally brought in the hazy IPA, and we've got <laughs> a really good place to put uh, uh, kettle sours and stuff now too with the straight sour beer. That's that's a pretty good addition, I think. Yeah, that was kind of a <clears throat> that was that was a base style that we had to create to make specialty beers work because wow, that's crazy. You're like solving because, problems. Yeah, yeah, it's it that was a creative solution to this because some people would make these sort of fruited sours and they would just say, Oh, you know, it's a, it's a fruited Berliner Weiss. I'm like, well, you know, then that's a fruit beer. So enter it there. And they put fruited Berliner Weiss, you know, Oh, it's like five and a half percent. Like, uh, that's nice, but a Berliner Weiss should be like less than 3%. <laughs> so immediately you're out of style. So, <laughs> you know, you didn't mean it was a Berliner Weiss. You meant, you know, it's just a sour beer. Yeah, we had to have we we've got these other categories for like funky sours, and you know sort of barrel sours and those things. So you know clean sours didn't really have a base. So the so I had to sort of interpret how how brewers were trying to solve the problem, and they were solving it by saying, "Well, Berliner Weiss is close enough, and maybe we'll hope they don't notice the alcohol." Yeah, that's the that's the worry because when you ask brewers like commercial brewers to solve problems, they're they're just going to always err on the side of destroying the style to whatever they can make money on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like you know, get serve me another six and a half percent pale ale, or I'm going to stab somebody. Right. <laughs> that pretty soon in Berlin, they'll be brewing the beer stronger and stronger to keep up with the expectations. <laughs> this is my this is my iced Berliner Weiss. <laughs> it's twelve yeah. percent. It's it's funny. I remember reading in uh, Zymergy or BYO, like it had to be six or seven years ago, about like they weren't called kettle sours, but they were some of the first kettle sours, uh, and they were from brewers in Florida, and they were calling them at the time Florida Vice, right? Where they were putting like uh, Florida tropical fruits into something and doing the kettle sour process uh, to make a Florida Vice. Uh, and that that terminology didn't stick around, thankfully. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's kind of where some of that. I, I totally uh, thinking that's, back that's to some old asking yeah. about when when I um, the probably the well people in Florida asked me about it. Why but... didn't they call it Miami Vice? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that was the absolute. That's that's the winner. Oh my God. God, Cooper. <laughs> dad joke. <laughs> No, that's not dad joke. That's just yeah, good branding. That's true. Yeah, that's uh, right. because the beer isn't cool enough to be called that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, basically. So we've got an, uh, an Appendix B now, uh, local styles. Some of this is in Spanish. I'm going to need to learn Spanish. This is cool. Oh, hola, que sí. The Argentine styles and the uh, oh, wow. yeah, styles. I mean, those, those, those were there last time, but we added to them. Yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, yeah, so the 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 Caterina sour is is what I often hear from the Florida people about. Like, you know, we had Florida vice, and it's the same thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they sent me a style, and it, it basically said it's a Berliner vice with fruit. And I'm like, well, there there's a place for that, and it's called fruit beer. <laughs> so, if if they had said no, you need to invent a new base style in order for this beer to make sense, then you know I might have taken it more seriously, but. Honestly, I never see them in Florida. It's like <laughs> a couple of times a year, and I, you know, I've looked for them because I wanted to try them. It's like, you know, it, no it's one does like it. a, you know, might be like a festival beer or something. But you know, yeah, yeah, they would taste good in Florida, but oh, absolutely, good in Brazil. Yeah, we started seeing a lot of Caterina sours a few years ago, and some of them are just mind-blowingly good. Like, it, oh yeah, the balance in that beer when it's done right can be amazing. Oh so. yeah. Yeah, I judged a competition in Brazil in November, and and Ooh. it was the second most entered category. Wow! You know, American IPA, Caterina Sour. Yeah. So, <laughs> cool. Wow. And and they were delicious. I think one of them. I think one of them won Best of Show. So um, I imagine there with the fresh fruit from the, down there, and just yeah, oh, yeah. and 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 that's the that's the important thing is for them is that style needs the fruit to be fresh. I mean if. Mm. if if step one of brewing is uh, open a can, then <laughs> you've already failed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
Uh, all right, Gordon. Well, I think we've taken up enough of your time, man. I know it's late, and I, I really want to thank you very much for uh, for coming on the show. And we should get you back and do a little deeper dive into some styles or how the BJCP works or, I don't know, whatever whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, any, any time, uh, anytime you want to chat. A little more advance notice next time. Um, yeah, well, yes. I, this was fine. I had good. Um, I've, I've done some chats on this lately. It's... So this was better because you guys actually had some questions. So obviously <laughs> you've seen the styles and, you know, I, I put together a presentation based on, you know, people don't know what it is. I'm like, but we've already published it. So, you know, you just read them. <laughs> yeah. So it's much better to, you know, to hear like, oh, you know, what do you think about them? What are, what are your impressions? Uh, you know, do you think there are any, uh, you know, missing areas that ought to be uh, tackled. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's the kind of feedback that I like hearing from people. Is you know, don't tell me how to fix it. Just tell me what do you think the issue is. And um, right, um, yeah. Then, point you know, the work we'll pro- it in. Yeah, point yeah, the problem they- out, not the solution. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, then, and be that sure to sense. read the, the 16 page preamble before you ask any questions, because that explains a lot in there. Right. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. It, that, that that's meant to uh, preemptively uh, <laughs> rebut most uh, complaints. So. Yeah. Well, we get a you ton of really we get, read it yet. <laughs> yeah. And we get a ton of weird styles on this show, too. I mean, most of them are now are hazy APAs, which is, you know, I don't mm. want to talk about it. Mm. It's traumatizing for me. But um yeah, we get a ton of weird ass stuff and it's it's really nice to be able to like reference the 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 style guidelines and guide the entrants into yeah. a way to like to classify their beer because that's the whole point of our show. And if you get those kind of weird um style questions, you mm-hmm. know, you can shoot them my way too because Oh, nice. We that that's actually sort of something we added that's not in the printed guidelines. We created a web page for basically you came up with this weird thing and you don't know where to enter it. So, you know, maybe we can describe it to you. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So there's, it's, it's, it's called suggested style entries and it's, it's on the website. On the website, bgcp.org. And yeah. there was, yeah, there was one question that JP always wanted to ask though. If, if we ever got you on the show again, he, he was threatening to ask something on our behalf. I think. Do you remember that one, JP? Um, I don't remember that, but I did say maybe this is what you're referring to. I did say that I would lobby hard to get you guys judging points because we've <laughs> been doing this points. We've been doing this program. <laughs> we've been doing this program for like seven years, and F, we do two shows a month, four beers a month. These guys fill out this the BJCP score sheets, um, and uh, and uh, I think I think they deserve uh, some some like a quarter of a brownie point every year or something like that. Uh, yeah, you, know, you never know. Talk to your to- regional representative. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Cooper. Get shit on, kid. Yeah, we'd have to register this register as a competition every month too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess we could. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one of the things I thought was funny about these guidelines and kind of goes back to what you were saying that you've been working on these for about three years Funny. is, is the brute, brute IPA. <laughs> no, 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 I, you, you, you don't amuse me. It's, it's the, uh, the guidelines, the brute IPA abuses me because it's clear that you guys did a lot of work on that. And then brute IPA kind of came and went and you even kind of acknowledge in the guidelines, this may be a dying style. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna, yeah. So uh, I'm glad you asked that question because they're, you know, that's, this is the behind the scenes view, you know? Um, yeah. We, you know, we have these provisional styles, right? So yeah. in between, in between releases of the guidelines, we can come up with a style and post it on the web and say, here you go, go ahead and use it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was trying to figure out the brood IPA and we, you know, we were trying them and, you know, they're very one-off at the time and people kept changing it. So I'm like, oh, this style is kind of a moving target. You know, maybe I ought to wait because I, I had something written up and then, you know, poof, if, like <laughs> all of a sudden nobody was making it. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, this was a bad idea, you know. <laughs> and I was just going to just leave, like leave it at that. And then I was like on a, a podcast or some sort of chat with... Uh, I think it might have been people in Australia or something. I'm like, oh yeah, oh, you know, we make them. You know, we we would use this. I'm like, really? Cool. So that's the thing about the guidelines is, yeah. you know, they're not trying to tell you to go out and make these things, 
But if you have a competition and one of these shows up, wouldn't it be nice for you to have a reference to judge it against? Yeah. Rather than everybody said, hey, do you remember that thing? (laughs) (laughs) This guy made one. That's that's an excellent point because I was kind of amused by that as an American. But there's a whole world out there. And BJCP is a global organization. And we got judges in Israel, South Africa, Eastern Europe, Australia, Australia probably has a ton of judges. And just because we may have kind of gotten over brute IPA doesn't mean that maybe in Brazil or Australia, they're not totally loving it. Yeah, actually, um, you know, I joked about like moving black IPA to historical because you know, the same <laughs> thing happened to it. Um, so... Actually, in South America, it's 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 a much more popular side. I mean, you go into a, really you, you go into a bar and you'll see it. You know, you'll see it. I'm like, oh, wow. that's interesting. I'll have one of those. And then the shocking <laughs> thing is, they're good. So, <laughs> if I ever see the brewers, they say, you know, if Americans made this style like you guys are, maybe it never would have gone away. Hmm. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it, it it hangs out there. So even even though um, you know that's why when we do the the the, the updates, we have to be careful mm-hmm. to like avoid the U.S. centric view. Mm. Yeah, that's an excellent point, and that's a thing that you know it, it's a good example of a thing that I thought was amusing, but mm-hmm. actually serves a good global purpose and illuminates global beer culture that maybe we don't always know about as Americans. That's right. Yeah, I, I, we all know about it, but we tend to forget about it. Sure. Well, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Unless yeah. someone reminds us. We're, yeah. Then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. They, There's oh, yeah, other yeah, people. Guys. Yeah, so, that's right. right. You you rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, I do like the provisional styles popping up on the site. And uh, they were very usable yeah. when there was there was no hazy IP in the guidelines. But I could always pull up that the <laughs> online the online reference. To yeah, the, so we, yeah. Changed, we changed the name to hazy. And people said, oh, I can't believe you changed the name. Like, well, if you remember, some people probably don't remember, but I mean, we used to call it Imperial IPA. And then we changed it to double IPA. Well, I remember that. But everybody calls it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think Hazy is a little more uh, descriptive. It's a little more apropos. That seems to be, that seems to describe sort of the point. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) yeah. Oh, what was your objective? Well, it's Hazy. Is it good? Uh, yeah. It's hazy. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted well, to make it for you. I wanted to make it taste like New England. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for, for listeners who are curious about this yes. stuff, bjcp.org, there there's a column on the left of the website. The top entry says BJCP style guidelines. You hover your mouse over there and you can go, you, you'll see about four down is provisional styles, which is what we were talking about. And the fifth down is style <laughs> entry suggestions for in case you have suggestions for for Gordon the BJCP about styles. So that's how you can find that pretty easily on the website. There you go. Look at you, Brian. Yep. Helping out. Doing just, just trying make, to help doing out. Yeah. All right, Gordon. I know I said five minutes ago we'll let you go, but we'll do it now for sure. <laughs> Thank you so that's much cool. for coming on. Yeah, I really yeah. appreciate um, it, Gordon. I, I still have, I still have I still have a beverage. <laughs> <laughs> nice out of boy. Uh, Thanks, right, everybody. Gordon. Stay warm. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be uh, right back. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap up the show. Uh, don't go anywhere, please. Thank you. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. 
It features an all stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. the examination all right everyone thanks a lot for sticking around uh this is dr homer we are going to wrap it up we're going to get out of here thanks uh, very much to gordon strong from the bgcp and uh you know whatever else he does in his professional life i have no idea um but he came on and spent a lot of time with us uh, more time than i expected which is cool because you know look we did holler at him last minute we reached into the uh, cybernetic ether and uh, and hauled his ass in here, so uh, I really appreciate that. And then, of course, uh, thank you to Spencer for uh, sending in his second beer ever, which did not suck. Right. And that's all you can really hope for. If you're alert, if you're listening to the show and uh, you haven't brewed yet and you have like high expectations, don't. <laughs> Just don't because it's gonna suck. But Spencer's didn't suck, and. Um, my first couple was of beers cool. were was actually good. good. Yeah, my, my first, like honestly, my first six beers were contaminated, taste yeah. like ass. Like they were not good. I yeah, my first five or six beers yeah. were pretty much ass, but I yeah. thought they were good, and or I uh, just drank them anyway because I had spent the time and the money. Yeah, and I just choked them down. Uh, I've always been a, 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 I don't know, a picky bitch. I just can't like. <laughs> it's like I can't, I can't drink this here. Do you guys want this? Yeah, I don't know why you're not drinking this. Because it's nasty. It tastes like an ashtray. Oh, man. This is, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, uh, we are going to split uh, Facebook. If you're out there, if you're listening live, hang on just a sec. We have a whole other show uh, talking sour beers uh, with, I think, some wine in there. I don't really uh, I didn't really read the whole notes, uh, but it should be fun. It should be a lot of Stay fun. Stay tuned and find out. Yeah. One guest, two beers. We're going to see what's going on. So uh, do that. If you want to be on the show, like I said at the top of the show, email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. We need some beers. Uh, kombucha, cider, wine, whatever you want to do. Katarina Sour. Yeah, if you want to spin up another brute IPA phase of your life, I don't know. Do it. But I don't care. Um, that's it. That's all I got. All right. Brian Shar, you have a question from the chat, but I'm going to save it for the next oh. show because I want to, I want to, we're already a little bit over and our next guest is waiting. So, um, how you know. can I be so handsome? Is that it? Or that's probably or should exactly I, should not. I just not how, at how all. How can what I get you to shut the fuck up, Brian, and let these other two guys talk? Mm. <laughs> all right, uh, all right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's been Doctor Homebrew, and until next time, we'll see you later. Cheers.